Welcome back to another week of This Week in Royal History. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson. This week, we travel through time all over the place. But we start out with Queen Victoria and end with King Henry VII. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. January. In the Northern Hemisphere, we're experiencing winter. The long, dark, and cold winter months are at their deepest effect right now. We go to work in the dark and head home in the dark. And today I learned that the third Monday in January is actually the worst for mood. I think that I said that on Twitter, so who knows if it's even true or not. Now, I also don't know if that's only meant for people who live in the Northern Hemisphere. Or would it also be for our friends in the Southern Hemisphere? It seems more likely than Northern. Today in the Upper Midwest, I'm experiencing a balmy, yes, where I live, this is balmy, 24 degrees Fahrenheit. While in Melbourne, Australia... Their high today is 74 degrees Fahrenheit. And in London, it's about 42 degrees Fahrenheit. I have a point here. The weather before and after the birth of the future Queen Victoria had been bleak. Which is an indication that the Little Ice Age, which we've recently discussed, was still in effect. The winters were recorded as unusually cold marking a negative 23 degrees Celsius, which would be negative 11 degrees Fahrenheit. This was in the winter of 1819 in Kent. That is exceptionally cold for England. But the birth of a baby, let alone a possible future heir, is a time for rejoicing and happiness. So the winter coldness may not have seemed so bad. Alexandrina Victoria was born on the 24th of May, 1819, to Prince Edward, Duke of Kent and Straithern, and her mother was Victoria of Saxe-Coburg-Saulfield. Victoria was born at Kensington Palace in London. The Duke and Duchess made sure to be in England when Victoria was born, as she'd have a strong claim to the English throne, being the only surviving child of the first four sons of George III. Her father died when she was less than a year old, and she was raised by her mother under close supervision in what was called the Kensington system. Victoria spent most of her childhood isolated from other children. 
If Victoria were to become queen prior to coming of age, her mother and her comptroller, John Conroy, would govern the regency. However, on the 24th of May, 1837, Victoria turned 18 years old, avoiding a regency, and less than a month later, on the 20th of June, 1837, her uncle, King William IV, died. Her coronation took place on the 28th of June, 1838, at Westminster Abbey. Victoria married her first cousin, Albert of Saxe-Coburg and Gotha, in February 1840, and they had nine children. In 1861, Victoria lost her mother and her husband within nine months of each other. She went into a deep state of mourning and would wear mourning clothes for the rest of her life. Victoria died on the 22nd of January, 1901, after a reign that lasted 63 years, 7 months, and 2 days. She was the longest reigning British monarch until her great-great-granddaughter, Elizabeth II, surpassed her on the 9th of September, 2015. We know a lot about Victoria through her detailed journals, which she kept most of her life. She, unfortunately, is also the carrier for the blood clotting disease, hemophilia, which affected one of her sons, and at least two of her daughters were carriers. She is given the nickname Grandmother of Europe for her links to European royalty through her children. Her reign is known as the Victorian Era, and it saw the growth of the British Empire along with industrial and technological advances in England. There are many things that we could call Ferdinand of Aragon, but I think we can all agree that he wasn't a great father, especially toward his daughter, Juana, who we know as Juana the Mad, sister to Catherine of Aragon. But that's a whole other story. Ferdinand was born on the 10th of March, 1452, to John II of Aragon and Navarre and his second wife, Juana Enriquez. He was the second son born to his father. In 1469, Ferdinand married his second cousin, Isabella of Castile, heir presumptive to the throne of Castile. Through this marriage, he became Ferdinand V of Castile when Isabella succeeded her half-brother in 1474. When his father died in 1479, he was also Ferdinand II of Aragon. Together, Ferdinand and Isabella eventually became known as the Catholic Monarchs for their completion of the centuries-long Reconquista. They had seven children, though not all lived to adulthood. His wife, Isabella, died in 1504, and Castile was inherited by his daughter, Juana, and her husband, Philip, Duke of Burgundy. Ferdinand married again in 1505 to Germain of Foix, to solidify an alliance with France. They had one short-lived son. By 1506, Philip had died, and Juana was considered unfit to rule. Therefore, Ferdinand, her father, was named Regent of Castile. Ferdinand died on the 23rd of January, 1516, at 63 years old. 
and was buried at the Royal Chapel of Granada with his wife, Isabella, daughter, Juana, and son-in-law, Philip. While she wasn't ever Queen of England, she was considered heir to Queen Elizabeth I, Lady Catherine Grey. Catherine was born on the 26th of August, 1540, to Henry Grey, First Duke of Suffolk, and Lady Frances Brandon. Her maternal grandparents were Charles Brandon, First Duke of Suffolk, and Mary Tudor, Dowager Queen Consort of France, and youngest sister of Henry VIII. Through her father, she was also a descendant of Elizabeth Woodfill, Queen Consort of Edward IV of England from her marriage to Sir John Grey. Catherine and her two sisters had a strong claim to the English throne after the children of Henry VIII. In 1553, Catherine married Henry, Lord Herbert, at Durham House. However, the marriage was annulled a year later after the fall of Lady Jane Grey, the Nine Days Queen and Catherine's older sister. Catherine was rumored to be a possible heir to Elizabeth I, but this was shattered when Catherine married Edward Seymour, 1st Earl of Hartford, in 1560. The marriage was done in secret and was not revealed until Catherine was almost eight months pregnant. Elizabeth then imprisoned Catherine in the Tower of London, along with her husband, where she would give birth to two sons. Their marriage was annulled in 1562, and her sons were declared illegitimate and eliminated from the line of succession. Catherine was removed from the tower after the birth of her second son and was imprisoned with various nobles. She died on the 27th of January, 1568, at 27 years old, of consumption. Her remains were moved to Salisbury Cathedral and buried alongside her husband. Catherine Gray's great-grandfather, Henry VII, was born on the 28th of January, 1457, to Edmund Tudor, 1st Earl of Richmond, and Margaret Beaufort, at Pembroke Castle in Wales. Edmund had died three months before his birth. Henry's paternal grandparents were Owen Tudor and Catherine of Valois, Dowager Queen Consort of England. Through his mother's line, he was also great-great-grandson of John of Gaunt, a son of Edward III. It is through this line in the House of Lancaster that Henry had his claim to the English throne. In 1471, after the York King Edward IV took the throne again, Henry fled to Brittany with other Lancastrians and spent the next 14 years in exile, away from his mother, who had remained at court. Edward IV died unexpectedly in 1483, and his brother, Richard III, eventually took the throne. After a failed attempt at landing in England with forces, Henry was successful in 1485 and met Richard's army at the Battle of Bosworth Field on the 22nd of August. Henry defeated Richard, who died in battle, and declared himself King Henry VII. Honoring a pledge made in 1483, Henry married Elizabeth of York in 1486 at Westminster Abbey. 
She was the eldest daughter of Edward IV, and the marriage unified the fighting houses of the Wars of the Roses, the Yorks, and the Lancasters. It also gave their children a stronger claim to the throne. They had eight children in all, but only four would survive infancy. Henry had to deal with the Yorkist plots throughout his reign, for which he imprisoned and executed many. He also understood the value of foreign treaties, seen in the marriages of his eldest son Arthur to Catherine of Aragon and his eldest daughter Margaret to James IV of Scotland. Between 1502 and 1503, Henry lost his son Arthur and his wife and infant daughter. While he entertained thoughts of getting remarried, they were never fulfilled. The final years of his life were focused on preparing his only surviving son to be king. Henry died on the 21st of April, 1509, at 52 years old, and was buried at Westminster Abbey next to his wife. He was succeeded by his son, Henry VIII, whom he left a great fortune and a secure throne to. Well, that concludes another week of This Week in Royal History. Did you learn something new this week? I really do hope that you go down another rabbit hole and discover a new figure in history who interests you. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Larson. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.